Today, the Olympian who writes poetry. Losing in sport. Absolute, unquavering belief in my soul. Fearsome and gruesome and loathsome behold. Tearing and ripping asunder be told. Welcome along, it's Mark Shardlow here. 10 minutes of Olympic and Paralympic chat daily, Monday to Friday. And uh, the latest poem was written after losing a match. More of that in a moment, along with laser pen training, a breath work to help hay fever, and a few other little nuggets too. So uh, today's guest has been sharing his journey throughout the last four or five months here on Destination Tokyo, through uncertainty, getting COVID, to being named on the team for his second Olympic Games. It's Patrick Houston, GB Archer, who's just been crowned British Field Archery Champion, and he's been telling me about field archery. Field archery is like a golf course. So you're shooting up and down hills, different distances, different target face sizes. The footing, and the footing was a serious issue this last week. The footing can be off and then that throws your stability off and obviously the force transfers around your body. Um, it ended up being ridiculously tight, but there was uh, there was myself, there was Tom Hall, my uh, t- Team GB teammate, who's been shooting really, really well and doing some really good field stuff as well. Um, Connor Hall, who's uh, been my friend since we were 11, um, former GB international on the field side, shooting some great stuff as well. There's John Shales, who I think was on that trophy first in 1991. Came down to the last arrow. We had a 20-metre bunny, which I can tell you about. But um, I came away with the win by a single point. Wow. So what was that? You said 20-metre? The 20-metre bunny. I thought you said bunny. A bunny just means, so I've got three of them up here. I do laser pen exercises with them. But um, the gold's smaller than this. The gold is about this size on a black target. Um, every target in field archery is up to a three quarters perspective. So by that, I mean a 40 centimeter target has a maximum of 30 meters. And um, for the 20 centimeter face, which is a tiny little dot, um, it's the only target which is shot at one to one. So you have a 20 centimeter target at 20 meters. It's an incredibly hard target, very critical. And um, if you get maximum is six for the middle and then five for the rest of the gold, four, three, two, one. Um, maximum 18 for your three shots if you get 12 you're fairly happy like you've done you've done a good job but that you didn't lose anything particularly you know on your scorecard it's a fairly reasonable addition forgive my lack of knowledge here had you won it before i won it back in 2017 i've contested it very rarely um, most of the time, you're away at an international at that point in the year, which I would have been had we been at the European Championships, which is on at the moment. Now, talking of Europe, you've actually been across to Europe as well. You competed in Lausanne? Indeed, yes. We were out at the World Cup in Lausanne. So that, that was the first World Cup GBs competed at this year. And actually, we had... Since all of this has happened, obviously there's been no tournaments, but actually the period before that, there, we did very few tournaments as well. Not quite the way I would have had it, but... Um, I also had Lyme disease in, in that period, sort of since 2019. So we saw each other at the European Games. That was the last major international I shot back in June 2019. Um, I qualified great, qualified 11th, which I was very, very happy with, 669. Um, right at the top of the peloton, came to my individual performance. I didn't quite get on as well as I would have liked. However, I had a great bit of learning. In the intensity of tournament, it's like somebody has a ratchet in my neck and just tightens it up and tightens everything in the body so if it's right it'll get better and if it's if there's something not quite balanced it'll exaggerate that potentially so I was able to take that and 
basically go back to my room. I was still pretty pissed when I when I lost, and I wrote a, a very angry poem that um, my fiancé said was fantastic and I should publish, so I stuck it up on my Facebook page. That's what I noted, actually, your poem and, you know, the the anger, the hurt, the feelings that you articulated really well. Is that something you frequently do? I haven't written it so much the past little while, but at times I've written very consistently, and I find it a very useful way to expel feelings particularly in a rather sterile environment where i can't necessarily start screaming and shouting kicking things and punching stuff um not that i would particularly anyway because unfortunately my hands are kind of the tools of my trade and i can't go jamming them into walls at the kind of intensity to release anything so i find the poetry can be a very useful way to it is literally you are expressing so by expressing you're getting um you're getting that out shall i shall i get it up and read it to you yeah have a go Losing in sport. Absolute, unquavering belief in my soul. Fearsome and gruesome and loathsome behold. Tearing and ripping asunder be told. Losing is cruising to failure and torturing trials of testing my bile. Heaving and retching and forthwith sore stretching. Personal, painful and so self-inflicting. How to release all this anger depicting. A picture of purposeless slices of slipping. My fingers did lose hold of what I was gripping. I know that I can and I will and I must. I know I can do it and this I do trust. This makes it much harder though when I don't let it flow. Ask a psychologist. They'll say you will grow. That's not what I want. I want winning now. This loss is a part of me asking God how. Soon you will see it and soon you will know the power I have in me for this whole show. Nice one, Patrick. I mean, that's that's sport, isn't it? I mean, the thing is, you train all your life to win and there's only one winner. What my fiance thought was that a lot of people would be able to resonate with that as the... If you compete in sport, as you say, there's one on the top, two either side in the podium. Nobody else gets that, so... um. Anybody that's experienced losing, you pour your heart and soul into something and it doesn't necessarily come up with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can tell that you're suffering a little bit from hay fever as well at the moment, which must be a, a bit of an issue in your job. It is indeed. Um, an intro, it's been really bad the past week and a half. My nose is basically, not all the time, but can be incredibly bunged up. And I've done an awful lot of work with breath work. Back in 2019, I discovered that basically what I'd been doing as regular, I'd been doing various breathwork exercises, but as my day-to-day breathing, I was a mouth breather. And I discovered that this is actually really bad for your overall health. You end up with much less carbon dioxide in your system, which means your red blood cells don't let go of the oxygen. You get oxygen depleted in your brain. It can basically cause ADHD in children. And I do wonder whether my ADHD as a teenager came in because of this. I was allergic to cats at home. Um, so my nose was always quite bunged up, so I breathed through my mouth, and that's just how I did. But I discovered that this makes a, a massive, massive difference to the, the energy in your body, the function of your body, the health of it, loads and loads of things, um, which actually at the moment is a little bit more tricky. Obviously, my nose is rather bunged up. I have to breathe really slowly through it because I just can't get that much air. However, I stay committed to that because nasal breathing is so important, and actually slowing down the rate of your breathing is really, really useful to basically teach your body that carbon dioxide quantity that's good for your body to have. Actually training the air hunger going into, I call it the doom. I refer to it as the, you know, the doom because when you're holding your breath, there's that, you know, 
it is the sense of impending doom coming into you. So actually going into that and being exposed to it regularly, it basically resets your CO2 meter. And actually, the if you look up the Oxygen Advantage, great YouTube, great Instagram stuff, um, constantly doing interviews, getting the, this incredible message out. Um, but by exposing yourself to that air hunger, you become less breathless. You're more in control of your breath. You're more in control of your mind. You stop having racing thoughts. It's fantastic for anxiety um, because just by camp, by slowing the breath, you take yourself out of fight or flight. An optimum human breath rate, you don't notice the breath happening. So actually training the breath all the time is, has fantastic benefits. And whilst I may be struggling a little bit with it, at the moment, I know that that's my commitment pushing me through it. And actually, it's a useful training effect as well. How would we find that? Yeah, the oxygen advantage. It's also known as the Pateko method. The official scientific name, hypoxic hypercapnic training, which means little oxygen, loads of CO2. But the oxygen advantage by Patrick McKeown. Great book. Costs about nine quid and it's like a 300 page book. Stacks of exercises in it. Loads of YouTube, loads of Instagram. Look it up. The oxygen advantage. Okay, great tip. And whilst on YouTube, I can recommend your YouTube video of Lausanne as well, which is a entertaining way to pass half an hour and gives you an insight into what it's like from an archer's perspective at a major event. So yeah, oxygen, YouTube, poetry. We haven't even got to laser pens. Can you give me laser pens in 30 seconds, Patrick, because time is running out? Basically, eye tracking is very important. Loads of videos on vision and eye tracking and the coordination of the movement of this whole end with the aiming. Basically, a center, I actually use a fork or a pen most of the time, just hold it up in front of it. But I just bounce between these different golds, centering it as quick as I can. And it just means that my brain is going to reflexively center that dot inside the concentric circle. Fantastic. Uh, Patrick, what does the next month hold then? I suppose it is almost packing time and ready to go. Yes, it is very close to that. We're flying abroad somewhere for a pre-Paris World Cup training camp. And um, we've then got the World Cup in Paris. Just before that's the final qualifying tournament, but we don't need to be part of that because we got six spots in 2019. Then home for a fortnight. That fortnight, we have to tell the BOA and then onto the IOC everything we're gonna do so that they're, you know, they know we're not mixing off with too many people and out, out partying and seeing big groups of people. We then fly out on the 13th of July, I believe, um, out to Tokyo. We're in Yokohama Bay at the Intercontinental Hotel um, for the BOA holding camp. And then something around the 17th, I believe, we move into the Olympic Village. From there, we've got practice at the, practice at the, the competition field. And then just before the big opening day, we do our qualification. So you're there before the opening ceremony. Yep. And I think it's quite a romantic idea that the archers are the first into, into battle. You know, that we're the first ones to compete doing our qualifying round. And if this was a battle of armies, well, it would be the archers that would be the first one to, you know, dip their toe into it. Brilliant. Oh, great to talk to you as ever, Patrick. And uh, all the best for the coming weeks. Thank you very much, Mark. Great chatting to you too. And that's Team GB's Patrick Houston from the Archery Squad. That's it for today. More tomorrow in a busy week for Destination Tokyo. Thanks very much for downloading. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.